Hi friends, I'm Tierney and I'm Shelby and we're Dead, Dead Drunk. Drunk. Cute and fun and fresh. Right, Yoshi? Right, Yoshi? Yoshi's my cat, by the way. <laughs> and he doesn't care about his name. Did you read that? Uh, did I send you that? There's an article that was like, cats know their name. They just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You know, he definitely does. Except for I call him like everything besides his name. We usually call him Mr. Mush. Mr. Mushy. Well, that Mr. time you made a He's noise. He's literally licking his butthole right now. Well, you know. You gotta get it done when you have the time. So mushy and cute. <laughs> okay. Any hooli? Yeah. So, still coronad, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. It's getting insane. So I actually heard this case from Morbid. Uh, if you don't know Morbid, that's something you could do in your quarantine time. Yeah. Is this an all Morbid? They're hilarious. They are. I like them. Um, and it's crazy. Hmm. It also takes place in Canada. I don't think it's our first one that takes place in Canada. Because well, that's 3D from Canada. Well, technically, Elisa Lam is oh, from Canada. Oh, yeah. That's but true, that's true. Nah. Yeah. This one's in Canada. Okay. Fuck. And it'll tie into the drink later, I promise. But for right now, it's a vampire's blood cocktail. It's not what it looks like, but it is. Yeah. Um, we tried. We tr- I tried to. We tried. I don't like grenadine, so I do don't enjoy putting it in the drink and maybe it's from that halloween party that we threw where we put it in syringes but like i don't (laughs) enjoy grenadine yeah so we i mean we tried using raspberry liqueur it didn't but didn't have the same effect but raspberry liqueur does have alcohol in it and grenadine does not so right so it's better Uh, it's just better and when it's first made the raspberry liqueur kind of like rose to the top too it was like bloody on the top yeah the idea though is that you have a raspberry syrup or strawberry syrup to drip on the edge and then you pour one and a half ounces light rum half an ounce orange liqueur two ounces pineapple juice over ice and you drink it it's pretty good so there you go it's fine but that's vampire's blood i'm drinking it's pretty good could be way worse so (laughs) are we ready for the story Oh, I think I am. I don't know anything about it, so I'm really excited. All right. All right. It's called Which You Know from Drink the title. Drink up to drunkies. <laughs> I was getting there. I was going to get there. All right, I was going to get there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's go fine. Ahead. It's called The Richardson Family Murders. So if you're buckled in and you're ready to go. Drink yeah. up to drunkies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On April 24th, 2006, a young boy in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, that's the name of the... It's called Medicine Hat? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't write that again in here because I knew I would just go Medicine Hat. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, but it, it's called Medicine Hat okay. in Alberta, Canada. I think it's a town in the province of Alberta, which is in Canada. You're I know right. they're spread up into provinces, not states. Yeah. I anyway. I've been to Canada once. I vaguely remember going to Montreal and it was all French. That's why I, I did enjoy it. It was, it was a journey for me, so... I've also been to Niagara Falls, but I was in a wheelchair for Niagara Falls, so I didn't really enjoy it. Why were you in a wheelchair? Oh, I broke my leg. Oh, okay. I I broke my ankle. Oh, I stepped off my back porch. 
Oh, that's literally all that, that happened to me. Only, that was the story. That was the whole thing. And oh. my dog was a, who was a beagle at the. She was like the small beagle. You never met her. She was a dick. She <laughs> she was just up on the like deck, and I was like, "Bell, get some help!" And she was like, "Nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. You suffer." <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's a nice day, April twenty fourth, two thousand six, in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, and a young boy asked his mother if he could go over to his friend's house and ask him to play. So she said yes, and the little boy ran over to the Richardson house to ask if his friend Jacob could come and play with him. When he got there, no one answered the door, so the little boy looked in one of the basement windows. And immediately, he ran back home and told his mother that he had seen bodies covered in blood through the basement window of the Richardson home. Oh my god, this escalated so quickly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Inspector Brent Sekondiak, I'm not kidding, that's how it's spelled. All right. I'm sorry, Brent arrived on the scene and also looked through the basement window where he saw at least one person on the ground. He called for backup and at 1 p.m. more officers arrived on the scene and entered the house to a shocking grisly scene. Detectives found 48-year-old Deborah Richardson and her husband 42-year-old Mark Richardson dead on the basement floor. Deborah had been stabbed 12 times including a 12 centimeter deep wound that had pierced her heart and Mark had been stabbed 24 times including nine stab wounds in the back. Holy shit. Yeah. It was aggressive. Then the detectives went upstairs and found eight-year-old Jacob lying on his bed surrounding by blood-splattered toys. No. Jacob had been stabbed five times, including a wide, deep slash across his throat. A lot of the sources I found said that his stuffed animals were all around him and they were all covered with oh. blood. Yeah, it was very sad. No. After a search of the rest of the house, the police found no murderer, no signs of forced entry, and most disturbingly, well, there was a sign, the broken, there was a broken window in the basement, but okay. um, most disturbingly, there were no signs of the Richardson's 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine. Oh, God. They immediately feared that her absence meant that the crazed murderer who had killed the rest of her family had kidnapped the young girl. That makes sense. So the police released a statement to the public stating they were searching for the Richardson daughter, quote, regarding a serious family matter. And also put out an Amber Alert. After looking through her bedroom, however, 12-year-old Jasmine Richardson went from victim to the main suspect in the murder of her family. That's what I was going to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Jasmine Richardson had a very typical upbringing. She had loving parents and an adoring little brother. Jasmine was just an average, happy, social 12-year-old girl. 12-year-old girl. That's very important to note. Okay. That is until she met 23-year-old Jeremy Stanky and the two fell in love. Okay, two things. Number one, 23? 23. Number two, what is his last name? Oh, that's why I'm going to refer to him as Jeremy for the rest (laughs) of the episode because I knew I would say Stanky. Like, I just... And I hate that word. Oh, I know. It's... And Morbid says it throughout their episode and I just couldn't... I had to get through it because of the craziness of the story, Uh but the name yeah no thank you (laughs) so we'll be calling him jeremy for the rest of this okay jasmine met jeremy at a punk rock show in early 2006 she was immediately taken with his goth lifestyle as she had recently begun experimenting in goth culture through a website called vampirefreaks.com stop (laughs) i would have loved to find that when i was 12 (laughs) i know if you don't know tyranny was a little scene girl I don't know why my mom let me do that. Mom, if you're listening, why did you let me do that to my hair? That was a bad decision. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's one of my favorite pictures. We just watched Netflix and I cracked. I almost cracked up because your dad's picture is you and (laughs) 
Lil C. Is you with oh, Lil yeah, C. Oh, yeah, no. That one isn't even bad, though. Like, it got worse. <laughs> you should see my passport photo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share that on Instagram, guys. Oh, I'm my just God. Kidding. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> Everybody makes terrible decisions. I cut my hair short. We learn. <laughs> As Alanis Morissette would say, you live, you learn. That's everybody says that. Oh. Yeah, but that's like <laughs> her song. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. It's Canadian, Ooh. so it ties in. Okay. Right? She's Canadian? I don't know. Alexa, is Alanis <laughs> Alexa? Is Alanis Morissette Canadian? Yes. Alanis Morissette <laughs> is Canadian. Thank you, Alexa. Yes, she is. <laughs> Let me say his name one more time. Okay. Jeremy Stanky, however. <laughs> Didn't have an upbringing anywhere near as wholesome as Jasmine's. His mother was an alcoholic whose ever-changing partners consistently abused the young boy. If that wasn't enough, the kids at school relentlessly bullied him too. It was so rough for... I wrote young stanky. (laughs) (laughs) It was mixtape dropping (laughs) next week. Young stanky. stanky. (laughs) It was so rough for young Jeremy that by the time he met Jasmine, he had already attempted suicide. Oh no. At the age of 13, after being diagnosed with depression and hyperactivity, Jeremy developed an elaborate persona both in his own reality and online. Are you ready for this? He told his friends that he was actually a 300-year-old werewolf and wore a vial of blood around his neck. <laughs> no. Do you get why I was trying to put blood in yeah. the <laughs> Did he? Okay, so did he actually believe this himself or was he just like trying to be cool? I don't know i feel like there's like i think that if he was as battered as it describes maybe he he came up with it as like maybe he believes it as some kind of psychotic break where he's like no that no i'm totally a 300 year old werewolf that's (laughs) why what i don't know yikes doesn't make any sense but he said it he told all his friends and he really did wear a vial of blood around his neck where did he get the... What kind of blood was this? Where did he get I think it's his blood own from? blood. So he like... I don't know. Maybe he pricked his finger or something or... <laughs> I don't know. He just wore a vial of blood. God, Jeremy. <laughs> After meeting Jeremy, Jasmine's entire personality changed. She was no longer the happy-go-lucky preteen that her friends and family knew. Now she was always seen wearing dark makeup to make herself look older. One of Jasmine's teachers told the Calgary Herald that she was, quote, shocked by the rapid transformation she saw in the girl in the weeks leading up to the murders. So she immediately jumped into the goth scene with him. Interesting. Okay. How long did she know Jeremy before the murders? That I couldn't find. I know they were talking online and then they met in person at the punk rock show, but I couldn't find a timeline for how long they were talking. They might not have been able to find that either, but but they were talking. Hmm. Jasmine also began describing herself as, quote, Wiccan, which is not bad, uh, (laughs) nocturnal and insane to people online through MySpace. Remember MySpace? Vampirefreaks.com and a popular Canadian social networking site called Nexopia. Is that like Neopets? That's what I thought of immediately. (laughs) Because I remember Neopets. I I keep thinking my pets are dead, but they never killed the pets on that site. I haven't been on in years. They didn't die, though. You know what's back right now because of the whole corona social distancing thing? What is, is it? Club Penguin? Yeah. <laughs> they brought back Club Penguin, and I'm psyched about it. I'm debating. So just so you know, Tyranny's birthday is in April. It's tax day, just so you can all remember it. And she used, yeah, last year it was Tiercella, and she can do it this year because Coachella was canceled. 
But she was like, oh, maybe we should do a Vine-themed party. And I love that idea. Yeah. And I kept thinking of one. And the persistent one in my brain is that I just, like, buy a penguin onesie and get, like, a circle to go around my feet. And then I just walk around going, like, you are a fucking idiot. Or something, <laughs> like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, the club penguin guy. That's so funny. I, I love, love that. that one. When it played the, like, do, 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 do. And he just says, like, fuck you and your <laughs> fucking mother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Club Penguin. I think my name I was like Niles Girl <laughs> 13 or something. Yeah, that like checks that. out. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, do you want to know what her name was? Oh, um, I would love to know. On VampireFreaks.com? Yeah. It was Runaway Devil. Oh, God. And it falsely stated that she was 15 and ended with the phrase, quote, Welcome to my tragic end. Oh, Lord Jesus. Somebody go get her. So when the Richardsons learned that their 12-year-old daughter, 12-year-old daughter, was in a relationship with someone 11 years older than her, they immediately forbade her from seeing him or even going out for fear that she would somehow sneak away to be with Jeremy. Okay, good. I was going to ask where her parents were. Oh, yeah. No, they're attentive. They can see all of this. And they care. So they immediately said, hey, that's a bad idea. Let's not do that. That's not going to happen. No. But obviously that didn't really sit well with either Jeremy or Jasmine, which was obvious after the police looked through their online interactions. Oh, God. So first on Jeremy's Windows Live Spaces account, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is either. But it's 2006. But they found a blog post he wrote in April that said, quote, payment. That's like the beginning exclamation it reads kind of like a poem but it's not split up like that and i don't know what the blog post looks like so i'm here we go quote payment my lover's rents are totally unfair they say that they really care they don't know what is going on they just assume their throats i want to slit oh wow (laughs) that escalated he's not done they will you don't know me (laughs) you You don't don't understand you don't understand He's he's 23. <laughs> also, rents. My lover's rents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Let's continue. Oh, I just got that he, he was shortening the shortening word parents. parents. <laughs> Yo, your rents are whack. Yeah, but in a deep poem written by a 300-year-old werewolf. <laughs> My lover's rents are totally unfair. <laughs> they say that they really care, but they don't know what's going on. They just assume <laughs> their throats. I want to slit. <laughs> like holy shit, holy shit. Do you their throats. I want to slit. <laughs> holy shit. Oh, now it's a wrap. They will regret the shit they have done. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it continues. They will regret the shit they have done. Oh, you know what would be cool? Hold on, payment. My lovers' rents are totally unfair. You sound like Elliot Roger. They say that they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done. Especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. It's spelled that way. (laughs) Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Oh, I get it. Payment. Yeah, it ends in payment. Yeah. Artsy. Mm. also terrifying yeah so immediately the police began to assume that jeremy was the one behind the murder plot 
But after they looked further into the couple's online activity, it was soon revealed that it was Jasmine who came up with the plan. In a message to Jeremy online, Jasmine wrote, quote, I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Oh, my God. She's 12. So I picture her being like, so you have this plan and it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. <laughs> yeah, but she's like a 12 year old goth. Oh, okay. Mm. So she's like, I have this plan. <laughs> <laughs> she's all of a sudden a base. She's like, uh, I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Oh, and stuff. Jeremy was immediately receptive to the idea of killing her parents. Great. Replying with the message, quote, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff. With like details and stuff. Like details and stuff. Great. Jasmine also discussed her plans to kill her parents with her friends at school, but they either didn't believe her or thought she was just joking. But she wasn't kidding. Yeah, she just talked about it with everybody. She's like, I'm going to kill my parents. They're like, ha Jasmine. Ha, that's just so weird funny. old Jasmine. Weird old Jasmine. Silly so Jasmine. after another big fight with her parents over her relationship with Jeremy, Jasmine decides that she has had enough and tells him that she definitely wants her family dead. That was all he needed to hear to put the plan in action. So on the night of April 23rd, 2006, Jeremy watched Oliver Stone's 1994 film Natural Born Killers, which features a young couple who go on a violent killing spree, starting with the murder of everyone in a diner and then Mallory's family, with the exception of her younger sibling. Mallory is the girl in the couple. I only know this because I looked it up. Didn't watch it. Didn't have any interest in watching it. But it was Jasmine and Jeremy's favorite movie. Hmm. So he watches it. And then he told his friends that he and his girlfriend would go about their plans in a similar manner, but without sparing Jasmine's younger brother. He apparently also told an undercover police officer that he considered the film to be, quote, the best love story of all time. That's sick. They murder a ton of people in that film. <laughs> Ugh, I just got chills. Yeah. According to one of Jeremy's friends, Jeremy called his friend to ask for help in the murder of Jasmine's parents, but his friend refused because that friend is smart and makes good decisions. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy decided to do some drugs, presumably to give him the courage to go through with the plan. And after drinking, doing cocaine, and whatever else he might have had available to him, Jeremy finally gathers himself and heads over to the Richardson's home to commit the murders. He had to pregame first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, for as young as she is, which is 12 again. Yeah. He's only 23. And like this. I'm only, well, I'm only. No, yeah, we're older, older than that. But that's, no, but it's like, he's very close to our age and she's 12. No, yeah, I agree with that. But so, so when I was talking to John about it, John was like, oh, so this pedophile like totally sucks. And I was like, yes, technically pedophile. But what I think is Jeremy never got any love in his life and all of a sudden this girl is showing him love so it didn't matter that she was 12 that's not that wasn't a problem because this yeah. is the only love he's ever gotten in his life it also seems like he's still obviously like in the mindset of a younger kid. yeah he's very immature yeah. yeah so i'm sure they're on like a similar maturity level yeah but still still pedophilic oh well yeah yeah, yeah. i do you have pictures of them i'm gonna look oh Oh, yeah. Google it. Google I'm just them. curious. As you to can this, actually like, see a picture of Jasmine. We'll post this on the Instagram, but you can actually see a picture of Jasmine before Jeremy and post Jeremy. And it's just I, to me, she doesn't even look like the same person. 
I feel like she looks like a mature 12. Yeah, so that one and this picture where she's smiling and she's happy. Yeah, so okay, this one she looks way more. Yeah, this she's definitely. Mm -hmm. And then if you. Where's the one that I'm thinking of? Not that one. That one. Holy crap. Yeah, she she looks like a totally different person to me. He has a lot of guy liner going on. Oh, yeah. No, it's goth. He's fully guy liner. He's got a vile blood. He looks happy as a younger child. Yeah, and then he turned into a 300-year-old werewolf. Oh, right. After doing all of that, he got himself ready, and he headed over to the Richardson's home. Again, he's drunk and high, but he was like, I'm going. So Jeremy breaks into the house through a window in the basement. But since he's pretty high and drunk, it wasn't a stealthy entrance at all. (laughs) I'm just picturing him (laughs) fucking bursting through. (laughs) Didn't you once get into your apartment through a window? Oh, yeah. You didn't break it, but like you open it and you're like... I would do it all the time in college. Yeah. So that's... (laughs) How I picked, like, if I was you and I went through a window, I'd be like, Whoa! yeah. <laughs> so that's what, so it was. It was your window that we would go through if the side door was locked, wasn't it? Your window? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Deborah, Jasmine's mother, was the first to hear the noise and went down to the basement to investigate. As soon as she reached the bottom of the basement stairs, she came face to face with Jeremy, armed with a knife. Deborah was stabbed 12 times, with one stab severing her aorta and another one puncturing her lungs. She pretty much died instantly from the puncture to her aorta, and her body was left at the bottom of the stairs. The sound of this commotion and of his wife's cries alerted Mark to the intruder, and it wasn't long before he came rushing down to the basement, armed with a screwdriver. After finding his wife barely clinging to life, Mark flew into a rage and lunged for Jeremy. Somehow, the screwdriver was knocked out of Mark's hand, but he still managed to gouge one of Jeremy's eyes with his thumb. Good for him. After that, Jeremy managed to overpower the 42-year-old and fatally stabbed him 24 times. Again, nine were in the back, so I'm guessing that Mark attempted to get away at one point. According to Jeremy, Mark's last words were, why? To which he replied, quote, because your daughter wanted it this way. While her parents were being murdered downstairs, Jasmine stayed with her brother, Jacob. Once both of her parents were down, Jeremy ran upstairs to join Jasmine and reportedly asked her why she hadn't killed her little brother yet. That's when she stabbed the eight-year-old boy three times in the stomach. So she killed her brother? Now, there are varying versions of the events, and some that blame the slashing of Jacob's throat on Jasmine and some on Jeremy. Neither one of them will actually take... Responsibility. responsibility for Jacob. But it's theorized that, yeah, she's the one that stabbed him in the stomach. I personally think that it was Jasmine. And he was like egging her on to do it. Mm-hmm. But it, this is what she told him that she wanted. Yeah. It doesn't matter who swung the knife. The couple slashed his throat and they left him to bleed out and die in his bed. Then the killer couple fled the scene and went to a restaurant where they were seen kissing and laughing together. What? Oh, wait. After the restaurant, Jasmine and Jeremy went to a nearby house party where they openly shared their exploits of that evening with everyone. They're, they're basically n- trying to get caught at this point. Jeremy told his friends that he, quote, gutted his victims like fish, which is not true. While Jasmine told fellow partygoers that her brother gurgled as he bled to death. She specifically talks about the noise. Oh, my God. 
Luckily, their trail wasn't too hard to follow, and they basically bragged about committing the murders, so it was pretty, pretty easy for police to track them down. Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy, last name, were arrested the very next <laughs> day you. in Leader, Saskatchewan, about 81 miles, 130 kilometers away from Medicine Hat. Investigators discovered the couple hiding under a blanket in the bed of a friend's truck. Because if he put a blanket over you, you're safe. <laughs> it's like when you play hide and seek with like a baby yeah. or a dog. <laughs> if you hide under a blanket, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're going to get away with this. <laughs> So while they were confined separately in jail, they were allowed to write letters to one another in which Jeremy asked Jasmine to marry him and she accepted. This was actually a ploy by police. They thought if they let them communicate through letters, they would get some more. They were right. Mm. You, all of the tactics that the police took in this investigation, they were right. Because they're basically kids, so they're not going to, like, they're stupid. Exactly. <laughs> None of these letters expressed remorse for the, for the murders. During their separate interrogations, one of the detectives played the cool guy and managed to get them both to admit to the murders of her family. However, neither of them really wanted to claim responsibility for killing Jacob, like I said. Great. So they, neither one of them, Jasmine said Jeremy did it. Jeremy said Jasmine did it. It didn't matter. They can both, they can both be prosecuted for it. But the guy, uh, if you listen to the Morbid episode about this, they go into it. But the two detectives decided, oh, this guy looks like a really cool guy. We should let him go in and talk to Jasmine and maybe he can like mm. work his way in. And it worked. Wow. He, he bought his way in pretending to be this cool guy. Or he probably maybe is a cool guy. <laughs> Later, Jasmine said that she killed her younger brother because it would be cruel to leave him without parents. So they both went back and forth, but she ended up taking not full responsibility. I don't but think admitting to doing it. Yeah. Both of them were charged with the three murders. However, because Jasmine was only 12 years old when the crime was committed, I feel that's very important to keep saying because... Yeah, it's so young. Mm -hmm. Her name could not be used in the press and still cannot be used in the press in Canada according to the Youth Criminal Justice Act. For this reason, she was and still is referred to as J.R. in Canadian press. I don't know why, but it's some law that says underage... People that are prosecuted can't be named. Interesting. It's so strange yeah. because we know who you're talking yeah. about. Anyway, in June 2007, now at the age of 13, Jasmine Richardson was found guilty of three counts of first degree murder, making her the youngest person ever convicted of multiple murder in Canada. Due to her age, though, she was sentenced to 10 years in jail, as it is the maximum sentence she could receive under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. When she was asked why they committed the murders, Jasmine stated, quote, I loved him so much. I thought it would bring us closer together. Idiot. You know, as murder does. Jasmine spent four years in a psychiatric hospital. Okay, good. And then another four years under conditional community supervision. During that time, she was allowed to attend Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta. Authorities gave her a strict curfew and a set of rules to follow, which she initially attempted to have extended the, the curfew but to no avail. In May of 2016, Jasmine, now age 23, was granted her freedom. What? It was only 10 years. She was only given 10 years because that's the maximum that she could get at age 12. Oh my God, but she murdered her family. Yeah. Okay. Canadian law enforcement officers even commended her as having been a model prisoner. Queen's Bench Justice Scott Brooker told the young woman, quote, 
I think your parents and brother would be proud of you. Clearly, you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge you can control how you behave and what you do each day. She was 12. Yeah. So remember when we talked about child murderers yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And but it's still crazy. It's really crazy. But it sounds she like she was just in a really bad place in her life. And unfortunately, she met Jeremy and it spiraled out of control. Yeah, that's true. A few of her former neighbors from Medicine Hat agree that Jasmine deserves a second chance. However, Jasmine will still have to figure out some way to live with what she's done. Sue England told CBC that she wondered how Jasmine, quote, will continue on with her life with that being a part of her past life. I have sympathy for her, but you can't imagine anybody doing something like that. Yeah. Does she show remorse now? I imagine because they called her the model prisoner. Yes. Okay. She shows remorse. Um, Because I feel like that is like the key to rehabilitation. If somebody's rehabilitated. Yeah. yeah, As if they're now show remorse and they've like done things to try to make up for it. Yeah. I I not that you can ever make up for murdering your family, but you know what I mean? Like is working towards being like a. Yeah, well, that's what I think the Canadian justice system was saying is that, yes, I mean, you can't make up for it and you'll have to live with it. But I mean, that guy is saying that I think that they'd be proud of the steps you've taken. They're obviously not proud of what you've done, but yeah, you know. In 2008, Jeremy Stanky, sorry, <laughs> was <laughs> oh, you're laughing at that sorry. now. <laughs> I just love how you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm also sorry because I ju- I'm sorry. I'm also sorry because I just want to go stank. Like, <laughs> just anyway, Jeremy was also found guilty of three counts of first degree murder and was sentenced to three concurrent life sentences with the earliest date of parole possible after 25 years. His lawyers argued that on the night of the murders, Jeremy was in an alcohol and drug fueled haze, which was true, and that he snapped and stabbed Jasmine's parents. They went a little bit further with this and described Jeremy to the court as a love-struck, immature man who would do anything to keep this preteen girl's affection, including murder. Okay, I agree with the second part, but I don't think he just snapped because of alcohol and drugs. It was obviously premeditated. There were texts about it that he was going to do it. Right, it was obviously planned. I I do agree that he was in an alcohol and drug-fueled like haze but i feel like saying the word snap like that's what he he planned to do all Mm -hmm. the whole time he was like i'm gonna do it tonight let me do these drugs i do agree with the love struck immature man yeah section which is what i was gonna ask you about but anyway since being sentenced jeremy has changed his name to jackson may and made an attempt to appeal his sentencing he was not successful jeremy will be eligible for parole in 2033 he will be 50 years old or 350 years old I guess, depending on werewolf years. (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So my question was... Jackson May, 350-year-old werewolf. (laughs) I actually really like Jackson May. Kind of sounds like a motivational speaker. It sounds like a name that would be in, like, fucking True Blood or Twilight. (gasps) Twilight, that's what it is. He's, oh, he's prepping (laughs) to be in Stephanie Meyer's next series. (laughs) So the question Jackson May werewolf. <laughs> I told John this whole case. Yeah. And at the end, John was like, well, he's like taking advantage of her. And my thought was, it feels like he's being taken advantage of and used here. Not that she intended to do that, but almost like, 
know when you're 12 and you're like <laughs> like well i wasn't like this but if when you're 12 and goth and you're like <laughs> i wish my family was dead it's and a very, then like, this kid is like okay like it's like having a lenny like he wanted to please her right yeah. like having a lenny having yeah. a lenny if you have like an idiot boyfriend or best friend and you're like hey you should kill that guy and they're like okay <laughs> yeah it's like he doesn't have like a filter to like know that that's not a good idea right and You're i just don't like you want me to do this okay i love you yeah it's just he really was a love-struck immature child idiot almost. i feel like idiot or well child's the nicer way but i do feel like he's kind of an idiot mm. but if she was older for sure yeah. like she took advantage of him but it kind of goes both ways in this one but i don't think that either of them we're trying to take advantage of the other one. But yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. So yeah, she's, she's rehabilitated. She's living somewhere in Canada. Did she change her name too or no? Cause I guess they never released. Well, I guess we know now that her name was, I, I don't think she changed her name. I, she still can't be referred to in the press in Canada. Um, do you so think that her and Jeremy still talk? Like, do you think she like writes him in prison and stuff? I don't know. That would be really interesting to know. Yeah. Like, what if he gets out when he's fifty and they like get married? That'd be fucking nuts. The greatest love story of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Meyer will write a book about it. Yeah. Three hundred year old werewolf committed family murder for this twelve year old, and then they're getting married. It's like when Jacob imprinted on the baby. Oh, that was creepy. <laughs> I was going to think, oh, it's like when Edward was creepy. That was on TV the other day, and I put it on because I was like, there's nothing else on. And it was immediately the scene where, like, Bella wakes up and, like, Edward's just in the corner. What the fuck? You can't watch from outside the window? Like, what? come on. <laughs> oh, you got to be as creepy as possible. <sighs> Robert Pattinson. But anyway, uh, if you want to tell us about a crazy couple that you know about or don't worry we have like other crazy couples on our list can you think of another couple we should cover did you like natural born killers should i watch it <laughs> answer these questions in an email send it to deadtruckpod at gmail.com or you could send us a message on instagram or check out the pictures of lovely 12 year old jasmine richardson and family murderer jasmine richardson on our Instagram at Dead Drunk Crime. You can tweet us. I don't know why you would, but on Twitter, <laughs> Dead Drunk Crime. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Send us a message on there. Dead Drunk a True Crime Podcast. Yep. Tell us what you think about this or any other vampire. Or just say hello. Yeah. You, I, you can go basic with that. I don't know why I'm trying to be intricate with all these things. Yeah. Just say hello. We don't have enough friends, and we're supposed to social distance. So, <laughs> so say hello. Um, we also have some pretty cool merch that you can find in our show notes or at the bottom of blog posts on our website, which you is deaddrunkpodcast.com. Yay. So find us there. There are some pretty cute pictures of us and yeah, blog posts. Cute. Yeah. Um, I love the journey for us. For our caboose today, Shelby is going to sing us a song, and it's Teenagers by My Chemical Romance. Take it away, Shelby. Okay, so check out the song. All right, bye, Mom. Bye.
lies in the books to make a citizen out of you. Because they sleep with a gun and keep an eye on you, son, so they can watch all the things you do. Because the drugs never work, they're gonna give you a smirk, cause they got methods of keeping you clean. They're gonna rip up your heads, your aspirations to shreds, another cog in the murder machine. They said, oh, teenagers scare the living shit out of me. They could care less as long as someone will bleed. So darken your clothes or strike a violent pose. Maybe they'll leave you alone, but not me. The boys and girls in the clique, the awful names that they stick. You're never gonna fit in much, kid. You're troubled and hurt What you got under your shirt Will make them pay for the things that they did They said, oh, teenagers scare The living shit out of me They could care less As long as someone will bleed So darken your clothes Or strike a violent pose Maybe they'll leave you alone But not me